Hey Shavat Tafshin Pei Aleph. Coming to you live from the offices of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. The uh, Coronavirus Israel Show theme song As we are hopefully, hopefully We pray, we pray, pray And more so pray That we're at the end Or towards the end of this Terrible pandemic In Israel The vaccine 
the vaccine project, if you will, is going very well, very smoothly, very quickly. Uh, there are enough vaccines that they've already started vaccinating people. I believe they're up to people in their 40s. And I believe the number as of today is over 2 million Israelis have already been vaccinated. Um, if, if we want to compare it to what's going on here in the state of New York, get an idea of um, how proud we can be of uh, the state of Israel and what they're doing. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show, this week's edition of the Israel Show, brought to you live, as we almost always do, on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately following JM and DM every Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time, and around the world, whatever time it is, wherever you are, that is when we are on. <laughs> I think I need to be on. Someone's got to turn on my on switch this morning. We have a great show, so stay tuned. And uh, we'll make a deal. You stay tuned, I'll stay awake, and everything will work out beautifully. Let's go to uh, another song, and then I'm going to share with you something uh, something nice that I heard last week about Shettle, Sheldon Edelson, who passed away, um, a great philanthropist, and um, share a little bit about his life. Plus, later in the show, we're going to remember the Lamed Hay, 35 young men who were killed. Their yard site is today, Hay Shavat. They were killed in um, 1947. I'm sorry, January 1948. So it's actually officially 1948. Uh, Hay Shavat as they were on their way to bring needed supplies to Jews in distress as part of Israel's war of independence. We'll tell you all about that and uh, other stuff that comes up. We have new music, nostalgic music, everything you can possibly want. is going to be packed into this hour of the Israel show. Hanan ben Ari hachayim shalanu tutim. Whenever we want to complain about something that's going on, let's remember... Our life is like a bowl of cherries, or to use his metaphor in Hebrew, strawberries. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank <laughs> you. 
and the hard-earned coins of his father. Many of them, some of them probably, more likely, made their way into that charity box. And this left young Sheldon with two very strong values that stayed with him throughout his life. Charity and Israel. Unfortunately, despite his father's very strong Zionist beliefs and idealism, his father never had enough money to actually visit his beloved Israel. In contrast, when Sheldon Adelson passed away at the age of 87 last week, get this, <laughs> this is unbelievable, he was number 19 on the Forbes list of the 400 richest people in America. I, 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 I personally can't even begin to wrap my head around what that means as far as the, the, the amount of wealth that a person has at his disposal. More impressively, Forbes also has this list of international billionaires. There are 2,095 international billionaires in this Forbes list, and Sheldon Adelson was number 28. Oh my gosh. According to Forbes, when he passed away, he was worth 26.8 billion with a B dollars. 26.8. Let's not forget the point eight billion dollars. Now here's a great example of the Jewish American immigrant success story. Here's a person who built his empire with his two hands, brains, perseverance, and of course, bracha. And he never forgot. He was the source of an unending flow of charity, supporting countless, countless different causes with a heavy emphasis on Israel. There are many eulogies that have been written about him. You can find them all over the internet. They'll give you lists and lists of the charities that he supported, the probably hundreds of millions of dollars that he um, gave into the state of Israel to help it in so many different ways. It really is amazing. It is amazing. And I specifically like to remember something that's wouldn't be considered a, a charity necessarily, but it was a very important function and role that he served. He was the first philanthropist, to the best of my knowledge, who understood the power of the media in Israel and how slanted it was and how it created, in many cases, a false impression about Israel both internally and internationally. And he used his money to create and sustain media outlets that he felt were more balanced than Israel's mostly left-wing newspapers and TV. He founded a newspaper, Yisrael Hayom, 
which today is the most is the newspaper with the most readers in Israel. You know, par- partially, probably because <laughs> it's given away for free, and it is truthfully a full-fledged, very high-quality newspaper with great analysis and great articles by some of the top journalists in Israel. He bailed out. He purchased. He bailed out uh, Makori Shon, a weekly newspaper geared mainly towards the religious Zionist population. Again, very high-quality newspaper, but some a voice that he wanted to make sure continues to be heard. And I think he, you know, people give charity, and obviously whoever can in huge number, in huge sums of money, and it is beyond miraculous and God's bracha to those people that give the charity and the people who get the charity. It is a level above, I believe, maybe paraphrasing the Rambam's thought, when you are able to see a problem and use your money to try to fix it or partially fix it rather than just giving the charity you actually help the people that are doing the work to do what they're doing and couldn't do otherwise. And I end with a story I heard last week from one of his uh, Israeli executives. Sheldon Adelson, first, his first visit to Israel came when he was already an older, successful businessman. As he got off the plane, people noticed he was wearing an old, battered pair of shoes. He never forgot his father's unfulfilled dream of visiting Israel. And on his first trip, Sheldon Adelson symbolically brought his father with him. He was wearing his father's shoes. And as if to symbolically close the circle... Very recently, Sheldon Adelson gave one of his private jets to the use of Jonathan and Esther Pollard and flew them to Israel, where they, in their own shoes, bent down and kissed the ground. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
אהוד בנאי, עוברי אבן שיר חדש, ובשלמה קרבחס, השמיעיני את קולך. קמנטר רג'ינה, the answer to your question, who was the Israeli singer who uh, sang the number one song in Israel? Hanan Ben Ari. Hanan Ben Ari. Thanks to all our commenters. Moshe, of course, as usual, Yehudis and others. A new song that um, caught my attention because of its words, so I'll share with you. It's not, not a long um, set of words. I'll share it with you, and I'll share the song with you. The song is called Mashiach. Okay, we don't need to go into translations. Machlefotav biluyim hu kabtsan. The locks of his hair are, are like dried out. He's a beggar. Him, lo yodim. They don't know. Aval Mashiach kvar kan. Mashiach is already here. Hinei kan al hamidracha here on the sidewalk. Mivakesh ahava etzel notnei nedava. He's, he wants love and he looks for love. He looks for it to the people that give a contribution, not love. Aval en bahem davar, chutz mi kesef mizuman. They don't have anything to give to him other than cash. En lahem zman, they don't have time. Even not a glance. Now's the time. It's not late. To make a change. You know how to, how to save the world. You is us. We know how to save the world. It starts with one ma'aseh. The Rebbe always used to talk, Rebbe of Lubavitch always used to talk about how you do one mitzvah, you do one bit of good for someone else and it continues and continues. Zematchil bedavar echad al kol tzadik echad ne'elam. Yesh asrot shiagidu ani melech ha'olam me'al kol bama. There are tens of people who will say, I'm the king of the world. From every, from every stage around the world, around the country, where I get up, says the artist, the singer. The people cheer me on. What about our souls? Let's leave something for the soul. עכשיו הרגע, now's the moment, עוד לא מאוחר, it's not late, לעשות איזה שינוי, to make a change. אתה יודע להציל את העולם. You know how to save the world. זה מתחיל בדבר אחד קטן. It starts with one little thing.
The group is called Bet HaBubot. The song is called Mashiach. Just came out yesterday. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. source for brand new Israeli music. This is the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your week. We're here every week and you can listen to us live as you might be right now. Right now. I know some of you are. I know there are people out there driving who are listening on their on their device in their car. 
or you might be listening on demand whenever you want. You go to the archives of the Nachum Siegel Network on NachumSiegel.com or on the app, and you uh, pick your pick out the Israel show or any other of the great shows and listen whenever you want. You can even download it into your device so you don't use up data if you have a data plan. Do they still have data plans? I don't know. We also would love it if you subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast um, app and um, you can do a search there for Mayor Weingarten or the Israel show. And uh, we will continue to post a link to subscribe on the i i um, iTunes Store podcast. It's free though; it's totally free. And we put the post together with posts of the songs that we played during the show on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash The Israel Show. As we have mentioned, today is Hey Shvat, and it is the yard site of the Lamed Hey. You might be familiar with uh, Rechov Halamed Hey in Yerushalayim, running through the Pash Katamon neighborhood. Lamed Hey, 35, who were they? What did they get the name? Why did they get the name Lamed Hay? How? Why? And in what year did they die on this, the 5th of Shvat? Their story revolves around an area in Israel called Gush Etzion, in the mountains between Yushalayim and Hebron. Many of you might be familiar with it, or at least its name, because of the famous yeshiva that's been there now since 1968 or so, the Gush, many call it. It's called Haritzion, but many just call it the Gush. Well, that's the place that we're talking about, geographically. Yerushalayim and Hebron are approximately a 40-mile ride from each other, and if you want to see the map in your mind's eye, start at Yerushalayim, draw a line almost straight down, and 40 minutes later, you hit Hebron. And just about halfway down the line, 20 minutes south of Yushalayim, is where our story takes place. The area, the Gush, and a Gush means a cluster of communities, of neighborhoods, of, of small towns, and that's what it was. The area controls the Jerusalem Corridor and it has great strategic importance. And so, during the 1930s and 1940s, before there was a state of Israel, Jewish pioneers built four small settlements on this empty, barren ground on land that was bought and paid for by various Jews and Jewish organizations. No Arab owned the land, there was no farming on the land. There was nothing there. Rivadim, Masuot Yitzchak, Ein Tzurim, and most famously, Kfar At that time, this group of outposts was called Gush Etzion, a cluster of settlements. The Arabs who lived nearby did not like their new Jewish neighbors. 
didn't matter that the land was previously uninhabited and was legally purchased. There was no quote-unquote occupation back in the 1930s, just pure, unadulterated hatred. Not much changes. And so the Arabs continually attacked the small group of farming villages over and over again. Starting in October of 1947, you remember that in November of 47, the UN passed the partition plan. So starting in October of 47, the Arab militia surrounded the Gush, cutting off access to the four settlements. And as time passed, you can imagine the situation in the besieged Gush Etzion grew more desperate. They were running out of food, supplies, medicine, ammunition to protect themselves from the Arabs who surrounded them. The Haganah, which was the pre-state forerunner of Tzal, attempted to send convoys and airlifts of supplies, but all attempts were unsuccessful. Finally, it was decided that a group of volunteers would try to get to the Gush on foot. The group numbered 35 volunteers, and hence the name Lamed Hay. They were led, led by a young, brave commander named Dani Mas. Hiking under the cover of darkness along a 15-mile route that was da- dotted by Arab towns, they carried the needed supplies on their backs, hoping to make it to Kfar Etzion before daybreak. All was going as planned as they completed the first 11 miles. They were only four miles away from the Gush, passing the Arab village of Tsuif. There is an apocryphal story that is told that they then came upon an Arab shepherd. Would he alert the Arabs in the surrounding villages? They debated whether to kill him or not. Was he an innocent bystander, or was he a threat? They chose not to kill him, to let him live. Some say they believed him to be blind. Some say they tied him up, but he got away. We'll never know. The truth seems to be that they were spotted by an Arab woman who was up early. And she sounded the alarm. And within a short time, the 35 young men were surrounded. They went to a nearby hill and fortified themselves. With the little they had, the small group of 35 battled the increasing mob of Arabs. Heroically, they fought through the entire day and the following night. 35 people against a swarm of Arabs from the neighboring uh, villages. But at the end, all 35 were brutally massacred by the Arabs. Many were so mutilated that their bodies, which were not recovered till many months later, their bodies couldn't be identified even by their own parents. There's so much more to tell about the Lamed Hay, about the War of Independence, of the tragic fall, ultimately, of Gush Etzion, just the day before the State of Israel was declared in 1948. 
there's the most incredible story about the Tzaddik Rabari Levine and how he eventually identified the bodies of the Lamed Hay before they were buried by using something called the Goral Hagra. If you have the book Ish Tzaddik Kaya by Simcha Raz about Rabari Levine, it's in Hebrew, it's in English. You can read that unbelievable story. It's all part of the Lamed Hay. And of course, the story that closes that circle is the story of our return to Gush Etzion in 1967. And all that will have to wait for another time. But we should know, and we'll declare for everyone to hear that today, thousands of, fam- of Jewish families live in Gush Etzion. The small cluster of tiny outposts is now a major presence of 22 cities and towns led in size by the city of Efrat and in emotion by the reestablished Kibbutz Kfaritzion. It is the home to over 70,000 Jews, home to that exceptional Hezder Yeshiva that we mentioned known as the Gush. And this battle-scarred land is now also the home base of Rabbi Shlomo Riskin and his many great educational enterprises known as the Oratora Institute and many, many more. Wow. What has happened over such a short period of time? It is miraculous. And I'll end on a personal note. A few years ago, I came into possession of a historic artifact, a small slip of yellowing paper with the official letterhead of Kfaritzion, dated 13 Tammuz Taf Shin Zion, July 1st, 1947, just about 10 months before Kfaritzion was captured by the Arab Legion. And the note reads, This is to certify that Shoshana Berkowitz was with us for a year of national service, Shegut Umi, as many of you might be familiar with it, and faithfully completed her requirements. She has left with permission of the committee. Respectfully yours, then unintelligible squiggle, and then there's an ink stamp, an official stamp of Kfaritzion just a few months before the siege began Shoshana Berkowitz having finished her Shehut Lumi, returned home to Tel Aviv what happened to her? I tracked her down she went on to marry one David Weingarten and together they had two children they named the second one Mayor and today He proudly tells the story of Israel's heroes, of which she is one. Heishvat, Yehizachram Baruch. Shame at Avi, our old man, 
Before that uh, duet of um, <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Rami Kleinstein and Avraham Fried together with the uh, Symphonic Orchestra of Rishon Litzion with Matanot Ketanot. And we're going to end off with Hayom Hazemagia from Mati Shriki about. Uh, with the hopes of the day that is going to come when all of this pandemic will be over, 
Um, we'll end off with that. But first, I want to thank the uh, lot of commenters today on the uh, Nahum Siegel Network app. Thank you so much for your comments. And uh, we thank you all for listening. Thank you for your Facebook likes. Thanks to the staff of the Nahum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nahum Siegel. Coming up on the Nahum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After further review covering the latest in the world of sports and I understand there's a lot and then <laughs> I've been told and then Novak now with Jake Novak and uh, he discusses why we're getting the COVID-19 vaccine distribution debate all wrong always a worthwhile listen Jake has a lot of inside information. We can learn a lot from him. And then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamie and the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not, do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. הנה פעה האור, אני רוצה לחזור למקומות בהם נפגשנו ושמחנו עם חיוך כזה, פשוט יפה שמאיר את הניצות שבעיניים עכשיו אני עומד, אבל הלב רוקן רוצה לצאת לנשום אוויר לעוף ברוח Thank <laughs> you. 